Hello and welcome to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, K-beauty expert, founder of Style Story, where you can shop, learn and explore the world of Korean skincare and the founder of K-beauty brand, Jellico. Welcome back to the show. I hope everyone is doing well and I am very excited to have you here with me again for another week looking into the latest and greatest and newest things on the market. So let us take a look at this week's news headlines. And one thing that caught my eye is that hemp legalization in Korea is a little bit of a topic of conversation at the moment, and particularly as it relates to the future of cosmetics. So where it kind of is at the moment is that based on Korea's Narcotics Control Act, which was last revised back in 2018, the use of hemp for official and academic research purposes is legalized, but in other cases, it's prohibited. And where it's at in terms of cosmetics is that at the moment, completely peeled hemp seeds and seed extract oil, as in hemp seed oil, they can be used as raw materials for cosmetics and food if the THC and CBD are below a certain level. So most of the products on the cosmetics market at the moment contain this kind of hemp seed oil. And you might recall, if you've been listening to the show for a while, that I actually did see this at last year's K-Beauty Expo, that there was a brand really leaning into this, a local K-Beauty brand. So this is obviously still a very new area in most parts of Asia. I think that's safe to say. It's pretty much been being legislated on at an on an individual country by country basis, uh, whereas the USA seems to put safety first when it comes to their evaluations. And this area of the market is a lot more well developed. And the same goes for Australia. There are actually quite a few brands that have lent into this uh, in the last couple of years, certainly. So this is also allowed under Australian law with the uh, key components of hemp being below a certain level. And you Europe seems to be a little bit of a full steam ahead approach as well. So really it's divided into, uh, you know, for therapeutic uses, things are able to be permitted and used for academic purposes, but everything else is quite restricted. And there's a little bit of talk in the industry and talk around the traps just in Korea generally about changing this up a little bit. So in 2020, the Ministry of SMEs, which is basically small to medium enterprises, they designated one of the areas in Andongshi, which is uh, in Gyeongsangbukdo, as a special zone for industrial hemp regulation. And so there's a little bit going on there within the zone. So uh, Beauty Nuri was reporting that a total of 34 institutions and companies are currently participating in that. And the MFDS, which is the Korean version of the FDA or Australia's TGA, so basically in charge of regulating food and drug safety, they have included hemp deregulation in their 100 tasks for food and and drug regulatory innovation list. So that's one of the things that they are looking to amend, and they are thinking to allow the cultivation of industrial hemp and the domestic manufacturing of hemp-based medicines by 2024. So that is a pretty big change from how it's been regulated in the past. And it's also quite... 
I guess, forward thinking I for Korea, honestly. The way that hemp and marijuana is viewed here is quite shocking to a lot of people coming from Western countries, uh, particularly countries where, you know, maybe smoking marijuana has become legalized and that is because it is basically viewed on the same level as hard drugs and you know if you're a fan of k-pop or drama or actors and actresses or whatnot you will no doubt have seen cases where really famous celebrities have pretty much been cancelled and disappeared from the public view after they've been caught for example smoking a joint it really is not an exaggeration to say that most koreans see that on the same level Level as like shooting up heroin <laughs> like it's literally in the same class of drugs like people just think all drugs are really really bad and the average person on the street will have had no exposure or experience with drugs so the fact that the MFDS is considering changing this up uh, and that, you know, there are actually zones in Korea where these kind of things are being researched, I actually think is quite progressive because that's not really in the mainstream way of thinking at the moment at all. And I certainly do not think that uh, legalized use of marijuana will be coming anytime soon. I think that we're probably 20 years away from that, if not more. It's just viewed so dimly. So that really did catch my eye just because I that's um, very different from the conversation that typical people are having. And, you know, it's often a conversational topic, I guess, among foreigners, particularly when a celebrity is, you know, publicly cancelled in the news and they come out and they have to do a big apology. And usually what happens is their management company will say, okay, they're not going to be active for the next couple of years. And they really do basically disappear from the limelight uh, if they're caught with these kind of things, which always leads to conversations around how, I guess this whole thing is legislated and legalized in other countries. So that one definitely did catch my attention. So it looks like change is afoot. And obviously there is a difference between marijuana and then things like CBD, which are extracted from hemp, uh, and then also THC, which is different again. So it's it's definitely not the, the, the same thing. But I think the reason that they're wanting to get into this in the drug manufacturing space is because CBD in particular has been shown to be quite efficacious as a treatment for conditions like Alzheimer's uh, and also for things like PTSD and anxiety reduction, uh, brain seizures and all of this kind of thing. So it does not surprise me that Korea wants to get into this from a medical research perspective, which I think is what they're talking about. Now, next up, I had a question come through on my Instagram account from one of our listeners, uh, and she was just asking for a little bit more information. She heard me mention that, you know, Etude, the brand specifically creates products for skin that's in the, its, its, its teens and 20s. And so she was saying, what are the other brands? Like, who are they targeting then? If Etude is like the brand for really young people, who is everyone else targeting? And when it comes to the Amore Pacific brands, which Etude is obviously one of, uh, the next 
next one in terms of age, I would say is probably Innisfree. So a lot of their products are good for skin in its 20s to its early 30s. And then Laneige is specifically targeted for mid 20s to mid 30s. And obviously they've got that focus on hydration, which is, you know, becomes more important as you get older as well. When it comes to skin that's like in its 30s and 40s, I think that Hera and Iope are pretty geared towards those kind of skin types. Uh, and then they also have the price tags to match. So you'll notice that brands like Etude tend to be really, really cheap. And then they move up in price as you move up in age, uh, just because, you know, you tend to need more, I guess, as well. So when it comes to other brands outside of the Amore Pacific brands, the popular ones that you will probably know of, uh, Brands like Purito, this is just my opinion, but I think they work better for oilier skin types, which is often skin in its teens and 20s. Uh, obviously, if you have oily skin and you're outside that, that, that age range, you might really like their products, but that's my personal opinion about who the brand really works well for. Uh, in terms of other brands, uh, Beauty of Joseon, I think is probably fine for skin in its 30s, uh, but when it comes to really tackling anti-aging concerns, particularly around their ginseng. Uh, I mentioned this a couple of years ago that they actually got in trouble in Korea a few years ago for basically advertising their ginseng as having anti-aging benefits. But the type of ginseng that they're using in their products is just the cultivated type, not the wild one. The wild red ginseng is the one that has been proven to have confirmed anti-aging benefits, and it is significantly more expensive. So look, this is all just a general guide. And that's not to say that like if you are, you know, a year or 10 years over this age range that you need to throw out all your products and start again. That's not what I'm what I'm saying. It's more just that these who are who the um the, the brands are formulating for. And certainly in Korea, they're not kind of um shy about telling you who the suggested age ranges are for. Like these are products for people in their teens or these are products for people in their 20s. They'll kind of come right out and say that in their brand philosophy or their motto or their statement. Now, obviously not all of that gets translated over when, you know, they expand overseas for a whole lot of different reasons, different cultures. Uh, you know, not everyone likes to talk about age and all of those kind of things, but certainly in Korea, they are formulating with a very specific skin type in mind a lot of the time or solving for problems that people in that age group tend to have. If you are interested in knowing more about uh, K-Beauty through the years and the kinds of ingredients and products and whatnot that I think are really beneficial for people in their teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s and beyond, I did a big episode on that. I will link it in the show notes. Uh, it's a couple of years old now, but I think it will still be quite relevant. Uh, so that was just an interesting question we had. So I thought I would share that with you in case you have been wondering the same thing as well. And some of our other lovely listeners have heard my plea for more reviews and we've had a couple of new reviews come through. So I will share one. Uh, and this was from Sopil. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly in Canada. And she said, I've been recently listening to these episodes when I've been walking my dog and I've been really enjoying them. I love listening 
to these episodes because they actually teach me something. Thank you so much, Lauren. I appreciate your work. Oh, thank you very much. And there's no better time to listen than walking your dog, combining two fantastic things, podcast listening and dog walking. Great work. Love it. Thank you very, very much for leaving your review. I would love for anyone else who would like to leave their review as well. It helps other people find us. It helps people that are just scrolling through, looking for new things to listen to kind of get a sense of what we talk about on the show. Obviously at this point, we've got almost 200 episodes, so it's a lot to kind of wade through. So if you can share any thoughts, feelings, uh, observations that you've been having with other people. That is very, very helpful for them. So thank you very much. Uh, and we also have some new K beauty products that we have just launched on stylestory.com.au. So the first one that I have for you is Cosrx's retinol 0.1% cream. And this is a product that the company actually developed based on consumers self-assessments. So obviously retinol is the gold standard, particularly in Western skincare when it comes to things like reducing wrinkles, uh, fine lines and all of that sort of thing and increasing the skin's elasticity. It is also a great ingredient for acne as well and acne prone skin. So, you know, just an all around great ingredient. This particular problem, uh, product rather is looking to tackle things like, you know, the, the appearance of, of wrinkles, fine lines and signs of aging. So if that is the kind of product that you have been looking to introduce into your routine, this product is fairly new on the market. So you might like to check that out. Uh, and don't forget that when you do shop with Style Story, 1% of the profits from the sale of our products goes towards our pledge to 1% for the planet so that you can share your love for K-beauty with the planet every time you shop with us. Uh, the next product that we have, I have a feeling some people will be interested in this one. This is Roman's Han All Lash Serum. I will have a link to all of these in the show notes because that's a little bit of a tricky one. Uh, but basically this is a lash strengthening serum. So if you are the type of person that often has brittle lashes that just seem to you know fall out or not really ever grow really long you might look at introducing a lash serum into your routine i love them because i often go and get my lashes permed and tinted uh, so that is just one kind of thing that you can do that maybe can weaken them if you don't take care of them properly particularly if you're doing anything like lash extensions as well on a regular basis those can really have uh, a negative impact on your lashes if you keep getting it done. So I would recommend introducing this into your routine if you fall into any of those categories. I just think a lash serum is a, is a must. Uh, so this is one of those products. It is a water-based product. It doesn't leave that sticky feeling in your eyes. Uh, it won't hurt your eyes even if you do apply it every single day. They have conducted hypoallergenic tests on it as well. And it also just leaves your lashes with a little bit of a glossy sheen. So if you have just had them uh, maybe tinted or permed and they're already looking kind of nice you might not need a mascara you can just apply something like this and give them that little glossy feel so go and check that out if you are into a product like that we have a couple of different lash serums on our website at the moment uh, Benton's product is selling really really well uh, we really like that product uh, as well there are a couple of other really famous ones on the market that I just don't really rate uh, so we kind of stopped selling 
selling them a few years ago. I won't trash the company, but it's another one that a lot of people actually really talk about. Uh, and the feedback was that it just didn't do too much. So we sort of got rid of it and we are looking at other products that we can bring into our collection that will actually do what they say on the tin because we like products that do what they say. <laughs> All right, so those were some of the newbies. And then we've also had uh, some new reviews as well. And the first one I will read out is from one of our customers who recently got to try out, she purchased our Tacobo, uh, the new Tacobo eye cream. So this one literally was just released on the market. Uh, she purchased it uh, after we recommended it to her actually. And she said, perfect eye cream. I was after a no fuss eye cream and this definitely ticked all my boxes. Uh, a great recommendation by the team. So very happy that that one worked out well for her. She was very pleased with it. And the next one was for Subi's Bare Skin Balm. And this reviewer gave it five stars and she said, the best balm. This balm makes my cleansing routine feel luxurious. It takes everything away whilst making my skin feel nourished, which is just what you want in a cleansing balm. So thank you for leaving that review. And then the last one was another five-star review from one of our customers for Jellyco Cherry Blossom Sleeping Mask. She said, best sleeping mask ever. Such a great addition to my routine, super moisturizing and makes my skin look glowy. So thank you very much to everyone who did leave their reviews of any type, whether it's for uh, products, for the show. Uh, we really do appreciate your feedback and you taking that time out to let us know uh, you know, how you are enjoying the products, how you're using them, how you're consuming the podcast, all of that really helps me especially make a better show. And it really helps our team as well in our purchasing decisions when we're looking at bringing on new products into our collection as well. It's very beneficial if you do actually give us that feedback so that we know what you're looking for and how we can help match you up with your perfect products. And don't forget that if you do ever need personalized recommendations, feel free. We would love to hear from you. Reach out to our team and let us know. Uh, we'd be happy to help you, I guess, transition some of your old products out. If you're looking to introduce many new K beauty products, or even if you just have something that you have your eye on and you're like, I'm not sure how that works. How would I use that in what I'm already using? We get those kind of emails often, and we really do like helping you put that together so that you can feel confident about, you know, um, changing up your routine because it can be a little bit scary. I know that for sure. Uh, and there are a lot of choices out there. So always feel free. You can reach out to me on Instagram. I might not always be able to get back to you straight away just because, you know, I've got other things going on sometimes and I don't always see them pop up is the other thing, but you can always email our team as well. Uh, we are admin at stylestory.com.au. And we really do love to hear, especially from our listeners, uh, just because we find that you are already pretty clued in. You've, you've usually listened to a fair bit of the show before you come to us and you're pretty targeted and specific about what you want, which is really helpful for us. So thank you very much to everyone that has done that. Now for this week's recommendation of the week, I have another Korean film for you. And this film is a film called Broker and it's a 2022 drama. So this was last year's uh, release and it was actually selected to compete at the Palm Door at the Cannes Fest Film Festival last year. Uh, so it won one of the jury awards and it actually won one of the best actor awards as well. I only saw 
saw this film at the end of last year and then I promptly forgot about it. So I, I don't think I've recommended it until now. It is a really, really interesting film. And it the reason I say that is because the topic it covers revolves around one of these baby boxes. And I'm not sure if they are a thing in your country where you're from, but this is basically a box that is attached usually to a church or, you know, a volunteer center. And it allows people to anonymously drop off their newborn babies usually, and they will be cared for by others. Uh, And this is, um, I guess, the whole idea of giving up babies for adoption and whatnot is uh, a bit of a social issue in Korea, particularly for unwed, unmarried mothers. Being a single mother, unfortunately, still has a lot of negative connotations here in Korea. It is a very conservative society, and oftentimes family members uh, will pressure and try and convince, you know, single moms or whatnot to give up their children, which is really, really sad. And that's not really what this uh, movie is about, but it does center around the idea of this woman who was played by IU actually she's a singer and also quite a good actress and she is the mother in this film who hands over her baby and without giving too much away she hands it over to what she thinks is a church but it's actually run by two guys who are basically taking the boxes and then selling them on the adoption black market uh, so a little bit of a dark theme but it's really interesting they've got police on their tail as well so it sort of follows that through uh it's definitely worth a watch i think it sheds a a lot of light on this kind of issue in korean society i mean it's not entirely realistic i don't know how many people are running around trying to sell babies onto the black market in korea i mean i'm sure it happens like you know who would know what criminals get up to but it just was a really really interesting film i recommend it to a couple of other people who also really liked it so I thought I might as well share it on the show as well Uh, coming from Australia where you know so few people put up babies for adoption we don't have I don't think anything like this so this whole idea of like a baby box was a real eye-opener for me Um, when I first moved to Korea I actually I I adore babies I love babies so I signed up to be one of the the people that um, hugs and cares for for the um, babies that are going to be adopted out. So not a baby box scenario, but one of the local welfare centers in Seoul has a program where they let volunteers come in and basically all the little babies are under four months old. So we just go in there, we pick them up. They've, They've all been given names. So we call them by their names and just, you know, hug them and change their nappies and feed them uh, for, you know, a couple of hours every week. That's basically how the program works. But research has been done over the years about, you know, the impact on the development of really tiny babies and children if they are not Uh, you know, called by their own name if they're not shown any affection and love and things like that. So that's why they have this program um, because there's quite a few babies at at any one time that are in the, the orphanages 
waiting to either be adopted out, usually adopted out locally because Korea's adoption laws change. Um, but that's just a program that they have. Um, and yeah, you, a lot of uni students, foreign uni students will get into it as well, just because, you know, they like to give back to the community while they're living here. Um, if you do want to do something like that in Seoul, reach out to me on Instagram. I can, I can uh, recommend you to um, the, the orphanage that I used to uh, go into. I don't unfortunately have time anymore in my schedule, but I absolutely loved doing that. It was very, very worthwhile. And I would love to do it again if I have more time up my sleeve uh, later on. Um, but once you have your own kid, it's kind of uh, a bit full on to, to manage everything as well. So I am not doing that at the, at the moment, but I really did enjoy doing that. So get in touch if you are a resident of Seoul looking to do something like that. It's very, very worthwhile. Uh, and yeah, the, the babies are absolutely so precious. It's, um, yeah, it was a really, really mean, meaningful experience and I can highly recommend it to other people that um, want to get into that as well. All right, so I will finish up there. That's That was a little bit of a tangent, but anyway, if you've bared with me and you've made it up until here, thank you. Um, I will finish up here for today. Um, I'm hoping to share something a little bit different for our next episode, but I haven't quite got it all sorted and prepared so I don't want to say it just in case I can't do it but hopefully I will have something a little bit different for you for our next episode so please do stay subscribed in the meantime I would love to see you on style story that's where I'm hanging out doing my work uh, so I will finish up here and until next time I will see you there <laughs>